Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing our study in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, this is the second to last in this study. We're going to come to verse 31 today. And I'm excited to check this out, but I do want to just remind you here uh, so that if you're, you know, looking for um, the next Shouts of Grace here come Monday morning, uh, we are going to be taking about a week break and going to be looking or going to be improving some stuff and getting ready for some big announcements. Uh, but get ready to start back up and the next the following monday week from uh next monday as we're going to be getting into um the 10 lessons that i learned in my 20s uh which is a i start off just as a facebook post initially and then uh, i decided you know what i should preach on that and so i turned it into a sermon that took a few weeks to preach through uh, but i'm going to expand just a little bit on that as we go over the devotions um, and I think that's going to be something that's going to encourage you quite a bit as well. Some of the principles that we've been looking at, whether it's through Hebrews chapter 11 or Psalm chapter 23, or perhaps even in um, the book of Proverbs. But I'm excited to continue on with this journey of Hebrews chapter 11. And we come to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, and it says this, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish, with those who did not believe, when she had received the spies with peace. Now, this is an interesting verse that's get, that gets put here. Now, chronologically, it makes sense, of course. I mean, we just got done looking at Joshua uh, and, of course, the walls of Jericho going and falling down in Hebrews chapter 11 and the faith that we, uh, that, that we need there, a faith that has courage. But we see... Rahab is an interesting character. She's one that I think a lot of people like to just kind of skip over in this chapter, but there is a lot that we can learn about uh, from Rahab's faith. And the first thing that I want us to see here this morning is that sin doesn't define our faith. Our, our sin doesn't define our faith, or maybe I should put it this way, faith overcomes our sin. When you have real faith, your faith will overcome your past sin. It, it really does go, and there ends up being a change in your life. That's because real faith brings about real change, which is going to be something that we're going to be getting to. But, but sin doesn't define your faith. In fact, faith goes and it overcomes your sin. You know, this chapter, it's known as the Hall of Faith, and, and people in this chapter are often recognized uh, by others, and of course, in this chapter, they're recognized by God for their faith. In this chapter, uh, is used to define faith, to show us faith, to set a pattern for us to follow. But yet here we see that a harlot in Rahab is used. She was a great sinner, not just by by God's standard, although that's the only standard that really matters. The world, at least most of the time, now we've started to uh, you, you know raise this kind of a profession up in our day and age and in the wickedness that we live in today, but normally here, the, the woman of the night is, is one of the things that is uh, looked down upon in a culture. It's not just by God's standard, but even in many pagan standards, uh, harlots were not viewed necessarily as a good thing. Uh, it, it's a shameful thing. They understand that probably because God's law is written on their hearts. But she was a Gentile in a time that God was mostly using Jews, and yet she had faith. Yet, she had faith. 
Now, I want you to understand that this is this is something that is just absolutely incredible when you go and you look at this, that even someone who's a harlot, who's a Gentile, she is the, the last person that you'd expect for God to use, let alone to be in Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, sure, it's nice that she's you know, a, a footnote uh, seeming in, in the book of Joshua. And if you go back, you know, she's in some pretty cool lineages and things like that. But I mean, to really get put into the hall of faith, the chapter of faith, how can that be? How can that be? Well, it's because faith overcomes sin. Faith overcomes sin. You know, the sin that you have had in your life previously, it doesn't mean that, that God can't use you today. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have a purpose for you today. In fact, I would argue that, that the, the implication that is within Scripture, specifically in Ephesians 2.10, is that if you are here, then God has a purpose for you, and so that you shouldn't let your the chains of sin hold you down. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be qualified for everything. It doesn't mean uh, that you're going to be able to to walk in every single uh, vocation or every single ministry or something like that. But one thing that it does mean is that God can use you and he can use you greatly, but he's not going to be able to use you greatly if you choose to continue to live in that sin. Like I said, we're going to get to the point here where we see that that Real faith brings about real change, and we can really see that in the life of Rahab. But I want to ask the question, what sin in your life needs to be overcome by faith? What sin in your life needs to be overcome by faith that you just need to go and to look out? Remember, when the spies came, I mean, literally, let me read this verse again, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. Understand something here. The spies went into a harlot's house. Okay? Now, I think that it's a very valid question, one that we don't have time to dive into. What in the world were the spies doing going into a harlot's house? I think that's a question that should be answered at some point in time. But we look at this idea Rahab was an active harlot when her faith was activated, when she saw the promise of God, and what it took was that she had heard what was going on before, what had happened in Egypt. She sees the spies, and all of a sudden she goes and says, you know what, I believe in that God, and her life was changed. You know, I don't know what sin has a grip in your life, but I can tell you this right now, faith can overcome that sin. Faith can overcome that sin, no matter what sin you're currently in. Faith can overcome it. But the second thing I want us to see here this morning is that faith desires others to have faith. And I want to read Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. And it says this, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof, and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the 
uh, two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did uh, there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and uh, heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show me kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. See, faith desires others to have faith. You know, she had a real faith. Rahab had a real faith. She heard the testimony of God in Egypt, and she believed even though she had not seen. By the way, isn't that kind of like a title or a deed? That that she's believing even though she hasn't really seen the power of God yet. She didn't say, look, I'm, I'm going to be like I'm from Missouri. Show me. I have to see it. No, she actually just believed based on the account that she heard. And then she had actions that went along with that. She hid the spies. Now, this would have put her in great danger, and this would not have been an easy decision, and yet she actually believed, and her actions proved that belief. And her faith, then, what happened? Well, it desired others to be saved as well. She knew that Jericho would come under destruction, and she wanted to get others to be saved from this destruction. She wanted her family to be saved specifically. See, real faith not only has real action, but real faith desires others to be saved. And so the question comes, who do you desire to be saved? You know, Rahab wanted her family to be saved, and you should want to see your family get saved as well. If they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, you should have a desire to see them come to know Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You should want people in your family to be going through Jesus Christ because all other paths lead to hell. See, Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. And he died on the cross for our sins and for their sins, for the sins of the whole world. And he was buried and he rose again on the third day, providing a way of salvation for all who would believe, who would do as what it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. And then we have the promise just a few verses later. It says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You should want your family to be saved, and you should want your friends to be saved as well. Uh, see, it, it is our responsibility. In Acts 1.8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, God placed you in people's lives for a reason. And that reason, a, a big part of it, might not be the only part of it, but a big part of it is to share the gospel with them, share them with them the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he was buried and that he rose again to provide a way of salvation for all who would believe. Isn't that incredible? You know, Rahab didn't stay in a destroyed city. She sought rescue from it. Her faith caused her to want to see others to be saved. And she went then with Israel 
into the promised land continued there with Israel. You know, it's not just that you should want to see people get saved, but you should want to see them walk with the Lord, walk in obedience. But the final thing we want us to see this morning is that real faith produces real change. You see, Rahab was a harlot, a sinner of sinners, but her faith is what put her in this chapter. She will always have that, that past of being a harlot. That, that is a reality. That's where we were introduced to her. But her faith is what has defined her and has defined her legacy, that she believed God so much so in the works of God, hearing just simply about the works of God. And that's another reason, you know, something just want to stop and talk about for just a second. You should talk about what God is doing in your life and what you see God doing, because when others hear of it, they might be like Rahab, and exercise that faith, believe it. You see, she'll always have that past as being a harlot because that's where we were introduced to her. But it was faith that defined her legacy. She heard about what God was doing. And because she heard about what God was doing, what ends up happening? Well, she believes. And not just intellectual assent, not just warm, fuzzy feelings, but a title or a deed that she grasped a hold of so much so that she put her life in danger, hiding spies. I mean, that's treason. She could have been killed for that. And ultimately, then her legacy is, is that she becomes an ancestor of Jesus, and she is known for her faith in this chapter. You see, Rahab was changed by her faith. See, real faith always has real evidences, and Rahab's evidences was that she trusted God and not her people or the stronghold. Remember the great defense that Jericho was. I'm sure that the people of Jericho thought in some degree that they were safe because of those walls, but Rahab knew in the end that God would win. Wow. Isn't that incredible? You know, it says, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. There's a contrast between Rahab and the other citizens of Jericho, those who did not believe. And many of them would have just wanted to go into put their faith in that stronghold. But you know that phrase, those who did not believe, it's not the same word used for faith here earlier in the verse. It actually, this verse, uh, the, this phrase, those who did not believe, it actually means to they disobeyed. See, the people of Jericho apparently heard that God had promised the Canaan land to Israel, but they didn't believe God. And so, therefore, they didn't lay hold of that promise. They didn't go and believe what God was doing and what God was working and surrendering to God. Instead, they defied God. But, you know, real faith has real evidences. Real faith brings about real change. And so the question comes, is there a change in your life? Is there a change in your life? You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, God makes you a new creature when you go and you place your faith in him when it's a real faith. Real faith comes about with real repentance. Now, we go and we look at that idea and we're confronted with a a deep truth here. Is there a change? Is there a change? You know, one of the worst things that can be, and in fact, it's been said, there are three types of people. There are believers, there are unbelievers, and there are make-believers. And if you're listening today, I hope that you're not a make-believer. You know, that's even worse than an unbeliever. Not that it gets you to a different destination, but it's so much harder to pull you out of that destination. And the only way that we can really come and, 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 and be confrontational about it, I guess, is to simply say, have you examined yourself? Is there change in your life? Are you a new creature? You know, so many people look at that verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and they just kind of gloss over it. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's there. I'll go and say it because it sounds good. And, you know, if people want to walk in the Lord, I mean, that's great. That's for them. But but, but we're not going to say that it actually means something, that it's a, a for sure thing. No, it, it tells us that if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is that true in your life? Is there a change? Is there a change? If there's not a change, man, that's that's not good. You know, Rahab didn't stay a harlot. I, I, I'm certain of that. She didn't stay a harlot. She exercised her faith. Her faith caused her to risk her life to believe God's promises. Her life was changed. And I hope that your life is changed by the faith that you put in God as well. Well, let's conclude today by remembering Joshua 1, 8, and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome